Okay. Welcome to the Tasty Spreads Podcast. I'm your host, Dino DeCespis, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Grant Engel. What's up, man? I'm doing well, man. Happy Cesar Chavez Day to you, my good man. <laughs> Muy feliz. <laughs> Outstanding. If I, if I may, a word, Cesar Chavez, a great American hero, dropped out of school in the eighth grade to work in a, on, a, on a field, in a farm, um, to help take care of his family, um, to help make money for them as a child, joined the Navy, comes back from the Navy, founds the National Farm Workers Association, which is now known as the United Farm Workers of America, aka one of the most powerful labor organizations in the world. He was a brilliant strategist, an unflinching advocate for human rights, who helped lead the boycott of California table grapes in 1968. Um, he is a hero whose moral compass and life's work should be celebrated by all of us. Today is the day of his birth, March 31st, and that is why I say happy Cesar Chavez Day. May we all live a life one trillion as uh, fulfilling as he did. Here, here, well said. Happy Cesar Chavez Day. Damn right. All right, and with that, we'll hop right in. Um, let's keep the celebratory vibes going. Let's go. Um, we're going to take a little dip into the uh, old Google Doc and the Tasty stats. So, um, not sure if you were following, but your boy went on a, a little bit of a run this week. Um, very, very excited. Capped off with um, scintillating Pistons, <laughs> Pistons Rockets <laughs> fourth quarter free throw contest, um, where I got to learn a little bit about what Jalen Duran looks like in real life. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting, buddy. I realize we have yet to. You know, we're we're working out the kinks. We you got to get started. You got to start somewhere. You got to build an audience. Let me just say, your run this week. I am a little concerned that once we start to gather an audience, that your NBA knowledge and the 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 way you're uh, starting to grow into this, we might have some Vegas knee breakers outside of our homes to shut this operation down because you are on fire this week, winning money, and the bookies aren't going to like it. No, no, they're not going to like it one bit. But I'll tell you what. Usually what happens after I go on a run like this, I'm good for maybe like a, a good 0-5, 0-6, you know, once we get into the weekend, uh, <laughs> just to bring things back <laughs> bring things back into balance. So, um, bookies, hold your horses. Let's, let's, see, let's, see, let's see where we're at on Monday. Uh, you might be sending me flowers. Uh, so let's, we'll, we'll park that one. But um, we, got, we got some more good news. We've got, we've got soccer back. Finally. Uh, How are you yeah. feeling? Yes. Big weekend. I mean, let's go, man. I mean, City Liverpool tomorrow. A lot of good games. I have a little... I had like a theory that Manchester United, them being the Sunday game, and they're like Sunday night football over there, essentially. And I was just like, do, are they like... Because they're the legacy team, it's like that we always have to watch... Uh, you know, the Washington Commanders play like a couple primetime. Like we have to watch Commanders Cowboys because they were good 40 years ago or something. Like that's my uh, that's my Newcastle United on Sunday Night Football take. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I think they're, they're a little bit – they're a notch or two up from there. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite is, is when we get, you know, Bears Packers. Oh, yeah. And it's just, uh, you know <laughs> – 163 <laughs> like 10 minutes in the fourth to go and it's just like why oh, did I do this yeah absolutely um, that's a great comp it's funny that you bring up united and newcastle um i i was playing a game with myself this weekend new game uh, 
for all you listeners out there, called Where's the Draw? Um, turns out 24% of matches, um, I think this was last season, um, ended in a draw. So that's roughly one in four, you know, plus 300 odds would be, you know, kind of like um, the mathematical equivalent of a one in four bet. Um, so that's kind of like the magic number that I'm looking for. But ultimately, like, I feel like every week I look down the um, the fixtures list and um, it always feels like there's a handful of games that look like draws. So so uh, I went through a couple this week. Um, let's start with Bournemouth and Fulham. I looked at this one for like 10 seconds, but this matchup just made me a little sad. Um, any, thoughts, any thoughts on this one? It is sad. Um, I mean, after Mitrovic just lost his mind in the FA Cup and shoves a referee for everybody, for the whole world to see uh, against United, speaking of United, against United. Um, he's, let's just say he's not playing for a little while. Um, <laughs> and so Fulham without Mitrovic, um, even sadder than one would, would think looking at a Bournemouth-Fulham game. Um, so it's like, does that mean I should trust Bournemouth to win? No, why would I do that? So I, <laughs> I'm with you. It's it's one that I kind of look at, go, eh, shrug, maybe move past it. Yeah, I mean, I think if this one is the draw, I'm I'm still happy skipping it. Yeah, um, just because I, I I don't really want to get get too close to this one. Felt the same about West Ham and Southampton. I know you've got a little bit of a soft spot uh, for West Ham. <laughs> I do. Hard to tell. Like Southampton has come back to bite me a couple times. Uh, West Ham hasn't done me many favors either. I feel like classic stay away game. Yeah. All right. So we got we got two that were stay aways. A couple of other big games in the league that didn't really qualify for this one feels like a draw. Palace and Leicester, uh, Chelsea hosting Aston Villa, Everton hosting Tottenham. Wasn't sure about those two. Um, this one I took a little bit longer look at. You've already brought it up. Newcastle against Manchester United on Sunday. Uh, sure does feel like a draw, but. Um, I don't know. Isak on Newcastle is just so scary. He's like a, uh, I don't know, like an, ele- he looks like an electric Gumby out there, just <laughs> twisting every kind of way and just finishing and super smooth. And um, I love when they, when they, <laughs> I love when the British announcers say that uh, a finish was as cool as you like. Oh, it's like one it. of my favorites. Um, and he's a, as cool as you like kind of guy. So, it does kind of have that feel to it, but I'm not sure that I'm ready to mark that one down. What do you expect on Sunday with that one? Yeah, I feel like it's been hard to pin down uh, United's form. Um, you know, I think I, I feel like I've lost on them. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what the uh, what the strategy is here or if it's sound strategy, but United has bit me a couple times. It's at St. St. James's Park. Um, and I think, yeah, one of our one of the recent Newcastle games that we talked about was like, oh, they haven't won in a month in the Premier League. And then, of course, that was the game that they won. It's just like, I don't know. If I don't have a super good beat on either one, I think as, I'm, as I've been racking up L's to, to counterbalance your super hot week, I feel like <laughs> this is another one that I'm just like, eh, maybe I'll watch and see if I can get a little more information moving forward in the season. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Now this one, this one was felt a little too too tough to call. Which leads us to the next one: Forest Wolves. This one, um, I kind of circled in pencil. Um, 
definitely feels like Force has got something going on, especially when they're at home. I know that they, they have the really poor um, goal differential. Yeah. But um, it just seems like when they're when they can smell that they're in a game, you, you really do kind of get their best. And I think that would be a potentially pretty good formula for expecting a draw against Wolves, who's who've just been, you know, a little bit of a mess. I think um, last handful of games, maybe a little bit longer. Actually, um, they haven't looked great for a while. Um, you think this one could be a? Uh, a potential where's the draw contender? I absolutely think so. Um, we'll get a little a little stats here. Wolves are two, four, and eight. Two wins, four draws, and eight losses in away games in the Premier League this year. Uh, so the draw is absolutely in play. Um, I do think it's pretty interesting that you could get value Forest at home. The draw no bet is still plus 110. Which I'm, which is garners an eye, eyebrow raise for me because I'm like okay so the draw won't ruin my bet, um, and I can get plus value. Uh, I have a home dog, so I'm kind. And and you're right about wolves; they look shaky at best. Um, not that forces look that much better in the in the last few Premier League games, but I think I'm gonna leave. I think I am gonna take it. Uh, give me Forrest to win in the draw, no bet. I, I, I like the I like the plus value at home. Hmm. I'm looking at the numbers right now. I mean, I really like that pick. I mean, just when you look at the two wins um, for Wolves, I guess in their last, would you say six, eight, fourteen games, two road wins in their last fourteen. Right. Um, you don't really expect them to kind of turn it around here. Um, the draw, you, you know. I, the draw is only plus 200 in that match. Mm. Um, and I think we talked about plus 300 as being kind of like the, um, the sweet spot yeah. for just kind of aligning with that 24%. Um, <laughs> I just totally threw our no nerd shit out the window, by the way. I'm like, uh, after that ice cold three, four weeks, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it was time to reassess and, and grow a little bit as a show. So we're talking um, expected goals now, baby. We need that. Nerd. <laughs> Turns out the nerds right again. <laughs> Give me the Mex cheese. <laughs> give them to me. <laughs> I need all the nerd information that you can give me, please. Yeah. Looking at the line here for uh, the Forest Wolves match, the draw is only plus 200. So, you know, a pretty low probability outcome, not great odds. Plus 110, you get you get kind of like two out of the three potential outcomes. Um, keep you in the safety. And I don't know, Forest... If they're going to win a game, this is the kind of win uh, that that you can kind of expect from them, uh, even if the frequency on it is pretty low. So I kind of like it. I'm I'm going to put a pin in it for now. I'm not sure if I'm going to jump on board, but uh, I don't really see a downside. But let, let's see if anything else springs up between now and the end of the show. Yes, uh, that kind of leapfrogs it for me. And now we kind of like get into. For me, it's it's. Um, it's the big bunny match <laughs> when we're thinking about playing uh, the inaugural go round of where's the draw Brighton and Brentford, two teams that, um, you know, share a lot of similar similarities. Mm-hmm. The styles aren't all that different. Um, and kind of when I squint my eyes, you know, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes the, the, the difference between these two squads. Um, Brentford has been a little bit cooler recently. So I think getting the draw for them would kind of be a nice, I don't know, Nice bounce back. Um, the draw is at plus 300 on this one. Um, 
as mentioned, you know, so that's, that's kind of right in the sweet spot. Um, spoiler alert, I'm taking this one as one of my picks. Um, so this is my very first, where's the draw pick Brighton Brentford plus 300. I think it's going to happen. Uh, what do you expect out of this one? I'm, I'm coming along for the ride. I believe you have hey. in fact found the draw. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, so let's see here. So Brighton, they are fifth in the league in uh, goals per match with 1.8 goals per match. Uh, our pals in Brentford, they are sixth in the league in, mm. in, uh, with 1.6 goals per match. Uh, like you said, both teams are kind of sneaky good. They kind of, um, they've like maneuvered through the league this year, kind of surprising people. I was, um, I feel like, like, especially like earlier in the campaign, uh, they were probably a bit undervalued in, in some matches. And I feel like Brent Brentford kind of cooling down a little bit, like you said, like maybe that's inflated the value a little bit. And so, like you said, I think they're even, their, their offenses, uh, seem to be even, and I feel like a draw is looking good, especially at that plus 300. So sign me up. Let's go. Yeah, it's actually plus 310 right now. All right. Um, so even tastier. Right now, Brighton is minus 165 to win. Brentford's plus 450. So Ooh, that feels way heavy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's got to be reflective of like just what Brentford's looked like recently. Um, but... You know, I don't know. I think I think we might have found the draw. Uh, and then we've got two big ones. Um, both of our teams are in action. Mm-hmm. Um, really quickly, Arsenal hosting Leeds. They're minus 400 to win. Fully expect them to win. Uh, but those odds are very rich. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it still is the Premier League and, you know, anything could still happen. Um, you know, you never know if there's a draw in there or some injury stuff or, you know, God forbid, but, um, minus 400s speaking of heavy, that's, that, that's even enough to, to scare a, uh, an irrational Arsenal fan. Um, so I'm going to sit that one out. I still got my Arsenal to win the premier league, uh, ticket somewhere in my files. Um, the other big one, city Liverpool. Um, I, I made that bet a couple weeks back with the alternate spread city minus two. Um, Liverpool's just had a ton going on. Um, how do you see the match kind of like unfolding? What do you think about the Holland, you know, news and, um, I don't know what kind of counter moves we might see from Pep and the boys. All right. So, uh, you know, classic Pep, um, in, in the press conference today was asked about playing, uh, Julian Alvarez. In, in place of Holland, if Holland can't go. Um, to which Pep replied, quote, we'll decide that at the training session. Maybe I'll play three false nines. We'll see. <laughs> it's just great. I fucking love this guy so much. Um, you know, he talked about Alvarez is an incredible player. Spoiler alert, he's not playing three false nines. He's fucking playing Julian Alvarez. He's young. He's an absolute stud. Um, I, I expect him to basically be the number nine if if you want to call him a false nine that's fine he's gonna play in the middle i think you can expect um either grealish and mares to flank him or grealish and foden to flank him so city is only a minus 155 and they're at the etihad which i tip i 
like I think it's mostly been a theme of this podcast that I usually like my max is like minus one forty five, like unless I'm like really hurting, um, and I'm just like okay, let me just get some wins. But uh, I think I could live with minus one fifty five uh, at home for City. Um, so I'm very much so. Let me start by saying, at the very least, I'm taking that. Um, and if I mm-hmm. if I may go on a brief tangent of, of the history of the reverse fixture, which was just a, a, an incredibly annoying, frustrating game where we had more than 60% possession of the ball. Um, Foden had a goal. Our diamond had a goddamn goal, but they called <laughs> it back for a foul, uh, maybe, you know, Call me biased. A phantom foul call on Holland, like way before we had even got to the final third. Um, the, the call, late foul call, was dubious to say the least. And then Mohamed Salah scores in the seventy-fifth minute on, and I love Jao Cancelo. That's my guy. But just a hideous mistake where, in just an unbelievably ugly play, Allison, uh, you know, he he scooped up the ball, he drop kicks it out of the box, falls down. While he's while he's kicking it forward, and it's coming it's coming like right past uh, midfield, and Salah just turns to his left to kind of chest it uh, forward, and Zhao just completely guesses the wrong way, and ends up on his ass, uh, like very like oh no, like you <laughs> like you can see it in real time, <laughs> and he's just like no no no, and then Salah walks in one on one with the keeper, and of course you know what's going to happen at that point, and so. Um, you know, we looked like the better team for for most of the time. I will, you know, you've got to give Klopp his credit. They, the way people are framing it, and it's probably true. I'm going to guess that a lot of these people know a little more about football than I do. But they're kind of saying that what I've heard from analysts uh, is that essentially Klopp invited City to hold the ball and just kind of fr- allowed them to frustrate themselves. Now, I can see that on one hand, but also we hold the ball a lot anyway and we end up picking you apart and beating you. So I don't know how, if it was brilliant tactics by Klopp or just the way the game went. Yeah. That one, I, I, I faintly remember that game and I think it was just the way the game went. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's kind of, that was one of Holland's first games where he had been shut out. I think, um, I think so. And th- that's where it, it felt like, the ball was also always too close, you know, like yep. spent a lot, a lot of time in the final third and he just had no space to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause those Liverpool guys are pretty smart, especially like the midfielders kind of dropping back too. Yeah. So he just had nowhere to go. Um, <laughs> just kind of like hearing your recap though. One thing that's just been driving me crazy and I hate to just, I, I always pick on VAR and you know, the challenge system, but it's gotten to the point now where, you know, a, a goal is scored and now we're just going back and checking every goal to see if there was a foul in the run-up of play, like it. just a standard procedure. I'm like, I don't know. VAR is not that old, and and I feel like it came into existence to try to like undo, you know, a weird offside call where there was a goal, um, something like something maybe more substantive or a handball, mm-hmm. you know. But now it's just like we're. I don't know. Like, where's the cutoff line to kind of like how far back are we rewinding to see if there was a foul that we missed? Uh, and then just having that happen really messes the game up. It, it feels like there's the the days of like even a single goal being scored and there not being a VAR check of some sort 
are maybe just gone. So it's like, are we var checking every goal? Um, that seems like a pretty shitty <laughs> like evolution of like where we were at. And I think that that kind of, I remember that Holland foul being one of those similar calls where it was just like, oh, wow, this is a new thing that we have to kind of, you know, look out for in real time to make sure that nothing nefarious happened, you know, five, six, seven, eight seconds before a goal. A hundred percent right. I totally agree. I don't care if we sound like old men in this. I mean, you have spent your entire career working in technology. It's not like you're some kind of Luddite or anything like that. You're not anti-technology. It's just like, I'm with you, man. Like, and even the announcer was kind of flabbergasted when it happened. He, I remember him just being like, Ooh, that was early in the run of play. Like before, like, and, yeah. uh, and I just like, yeah, I don't care how old I sound. Like, and you're, you make the same point about basketball replays. You're kind of fucking ruining the immediate emotions of the game when you do this. Like when everything is under review and we have to watch seven slow motion replays before you signal, oh yeah, yeah, it was a goal or it wasn't a goal. It's like, okay, I, everybody has calmed down and been on pins and needles for four and a half minutes and now we get to celebrate again or we get to be furious. Like, well, that just doesn't feel like sports to me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bummer. I think we're... I think we're a couple of years away from that just being rolled back um, either through technology. I mean, a technology should be able to figure out who's offside and who's not. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of those calls. We also talked about the handballs too, that mm. are just kind of, um, I don't know. They're like, they're a real turd in the punch bowl. When you think about <laughs> celebrating a goal and just kind of having a good time. Um, and yeah, I don't care if we sound like old men. That's fine. Okay. Actually, give me a second. There's a couple of kids on my, <laughs> On my front lawn here, I've got to <laughs> shout him down. Uh, uh, give me a second; I will be right back. No, I'm just joking. Um, Get a job, punk. Right, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if these kids knew how far I had to walk to go to school when I was young, God damn it! Um, so you're thinking city minus one fifty five to win. Um, well, let me just say, if I may. Maybe I'll get a little crazy. I want to think about this. So maybe we want to look at monitor the at Tasty Spreads Twitter feed here because you could parlay City Moneyline and over two and a half goals uh, total in the game. That's plus 120. Now, do I love that bet? Eh, Those are two things that have to happen and you're only getting plus 120. Um, but what if I'm thinking of like the Vince McMahon meme where he's, uh, you know, he's like kind of intrigued at first and then he's bug eyed and then he's falling out of the chair. Uh, what if, what if we parlayed same game parlayed city to win over two and a half total goals and Alvarez to score? Well, that's, Mm. that's plus 270. I like that. that. That feels pretty good. Or what if. This is a Bernardo Silva game, and he is causing chaos in the midfield, and he gets a good feed from De Bruyne or you know from the outside from Mares or something like that, and Bernardo scores. If you parlay City to win over two and a half and Silva to score, now we're talking plus six hundred. And man, Oof. Bernardo has scored in two of the last three Premier League games that he appeared in. And Bernardo also scored twice on the international break for Portugal, one versus uh, international powerhouse Luxembourg, and the other against uh, a country I believe is 25 kilometers uh, long, Liechtenstein, uh, a German-speaking country, <laughs> I believe, uh, in the, on the border of uh, Switzerland, if, in case anybody was curious. So I feel like we might be in, 
in the in the realm of a Silva game here. And if I'm looking at plus six hundred, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Pep, like I said, like he's not going to play three false nines, but Silva's just looked so goddamn good in the last like month. He, I think it would be silly not to play him. So I'm going to knock back some beers to help my decision making, and then we'll decide if I go from City to win at minus 155 or if I go all the way to City to win over 2.5, Bernardo plus 600. We'll see, we'll see where I land. Uh, let me rewind <laughs> for a second. He scored against Luxembourg and Liechtenstein. <laughs> damn right he did. One in each game. Uh, the uh, yeah, the different kind of brace. Uh, kind of, <laughs> we need, that, that needs its own brace uh, qualifier for that. Obscure L L uh, countries, uh, the obscure L country brace. Yeah, where in the world did Bernardo Silva score? <laughs> there, we go. there he is. I like it. I mean, I'm a little bit biased just because I keep staring at my. Minus two goals plus four forty, and you know if we get the over two and a half, if we get the Silva goal or if we get a Silva and Alvarez goal, I think I'm kind of like right in the mix, and I love the fact that you know they lost you know one nil um, on the road the first time around, yeah. a little bit of a revenge factor, and maybe if you maybe if you look at how these teams have played in the Premier League, you might feel like these teams are closer to each other than they actually are. We've seen City kind of turn it on in, in the uh, in the Champions League. And <laughs> we've seen Liverpool kind of do the opposite in the Champions League. That's one way to put it, yeah. And there's definitely been a hangover, you know, like you can kind of see the effects once they, you know, hit a different gear and they're like, okay, now now they're kind of figuring out. Like this has definitely been a really nice Holland resurgence. Um, it's a it's kind of a bummer that he got injured. Hopefully he's not, he's not out for too long, yeah. but he's just scoring different kinds of goals. Um kind of like in this middle chunk of the season heading into the final third of the season. Um, and I think city just kind of keeps, keeps the good times rolling and Liverpool is a, a little bit still stuck trying to figure out, you know, kind of what to do. Um, it seems like that weird, you know, Darwin Nunez attack on one side and Salah trying to, you know, sort of jitterbug his way through, you know, the city defense. I don't see that like really having uh, the same kind of effect. It, it kind of feels more like city would have to, maybe like an Edison blunder or something like that. Um, or one of the defenders kind of giving the ball away. Um, that might be the only way that we get maybe a close match. So I, I love where your head's at, you know, with these SGPs, but um, I'm definitely going to sit on mine. I think the game's going to be filled with tons of intrigue, but ultimately I don't think it's going to be close. Um, so expecting a city, a little bit of a city walk, um, but we'll see what happens. That one's on. That one's tomorrow, right? That's a Saturday morning, and it's the super early one, which is always a bummer for us living on the West Coast. Yeah, it's a goddamn four a.m. game. Uh, okay, so that that one kicks off in about ten fifteen. <laughs> this is what it feels like. Um, so yeah, I mean, after my uh, speaking of being old, after my one or two beers that I'm able to drink before I want to go to sleep, I'll, I'll need to make my decision. I, I will. Your value on that. Uh, the alternate line plus 440, that's delightful because if I'm, I'm looking on DraftKings right now, um, you know, regular time spread, City minus one and a half is only plus 165. Yeah, so so if they win by two, that would be a push. 
we would need like a three pointer. Oh, okay, yeah. So plus, okay, so city minus two and a half is uh, plus four twenty right now. Get your bongs out. <laughs> All right, so so then I'm I'm actually a little bit ahead of the game because two would be a push for me, and then we could use our king push. Yeah. Uh, you know, gif. We'll dust that one off. Um, Damn right. And that leads us to the Eastern Conference in the National Basketball Association, where Oof. lots of lots of good things are happening. Teams are getting blown out. Teams are jockeying. Um, it's looking like a, <laughs> a real possibility that the Nets do not participate in the plan. Um, These fucking dudes. It's it's pandemonium. I mean, you know, we are we are on the heels, fresh off just a heavyweight championship fight between the New York Knickerbockers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> a lot of a lot of feels during that game for me. Um, am, am I out of am I out of pocket by starting with that? I mean, not at all, not at all. What'd you see? Uh, God, Jared Allen is so important to the Cavs. Um. Way too many Robin Lopez minutes in my life, Bubba. Mm. A lot of Robin Lopez time out there. And I don't know what happens. Like, well, I mean, you can't, you obviously can't play Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland all 48. But like, there is something about it where I don't know if I just don't notice. I hope I'm not this uh, unobservant. But like, whenever Robin Lopez is out there, I start to get mad that I'm just like, fucking Howell Neto's out there too? Like, I just get like mad. Like, I'm like, this is way too many Rubio minutes. I don't want this either. And like, everything just starts to compound. It's like the international <laughs> break in the middle of the game. <laughs> it really is. I'm just like, yo, what are these dudes doing out here? They're, they're killing us. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's, it was a, it was a slugfest. Jalen Brunson. I have a Jalen Brunson theory. I'll try not like I bounce between these two teams because as we've discussed on this podcast, these these are my two favorite basketball teams. <laughs> and now they're gonna be the four or five in a playoff series. Um I have a theory, and then I will shut up and, and let you cook, is my Jalen Brunson theory is in like a lot of I feel like there's a lot of uh airtime given to, oh yeah, when Donovan Mitchell plays the Knicks, he's gonna want to show out and like show him what what they missed out on, why, you know, he wanted to go there um, and, and they didn't pony up and trade for him. I feel like Jalen Brunson has this thing in his head and I could be, it's, it's probably very likely that I might be creating this narrative totally, but Jalen Brunson is like, oh, oh yeah, you guys were really bummed out that we didn't acquire uh, Donovan Mitchell, huh? I guess I'm just some <laughs> shitbag player you don't really care about. And he just drops 50 on us tonight. And uh, when he's going up against no. against Donovan Mitchell. He, he uh, put up 50? Uh, 48, I believe it was. Oh, my God. Uh, just an absolute monster. Um, hit st- like, looked like I was trying. I, there's a lot of uh, uh, hedging in this, but he's he looked like prime James Harden light. Like, it wasn't quite all. Like, it wasn't getting a bunch of foul calls, but he was just getting to all his spots. Hitting step back threes, shaking dudes out of their shoes, throwing good passes, like he was just killing us. Um, and Cavs Twitter was really like, "Oh man, Isaac Okoro, he's he's super important because he Okoro was out also." And I am somewhat of a I'm a an Okoro optimist, but Jalen Brunson, he was just frying us all night. 
Um, and I think that he's got some, I think he has some feels that he's just like, yeah, you guys trade, you got the right guy this off season. Yeah. I mean, he's, first of all, I mean, his offensive game is, um, it's very underrated. I think just because yes. he, he's not, um, he's not a high flyer. Um, and he's not a kind of like this, uh, slasher doesn't have the body type, but yeah. what he did last year in the playoffs for the Mavs, um, pretty much could do whatever he wanted. He kind of looked a little bit like, um, like, a like a more of like a Devin Booker light too, where mm. different body type, but really just kind of like when it comes to like getting to his spots and then, you know, he's putting up shots and then he's just kind of knocking down everything and you realize, Oh, that's his spot. And you're like, Oh, that that's also his spot. He's <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, cause he keeps going back to the, the, you know, these same moves and it's just sort of like uh, this weird decision tree where it's like, okay, you're going to go here. Now I've got, I've got a spin. Okay. You're going to box the spin. I've got the spin and then the up and under. And then it's just like, he's just thought of more moves, like almost like a, like a chess master. Um, and he's just super crafty, um, kind of like a physical player, sneaky physical, um, absolutely on both sides, you know, so you love that. Um, and I think that's kind of like one of the appeals of that Knicks team is, um, they don't seem like a team that you can kind of go in there and, and, and really bully, um, unless you're Paolo Boncaro. But yeah, I think the Knicks, looking at their Eastern Conference Finals odds, they're plus 4,200. Um, the Cavs are plus 1,600. Um, that's a pretty wide gulf between 4,200 and plus 1,600 um, Knicks-Cavs to win the East. And they're both in, they're, they would both have the same path because they're both looking like they're going to be in the 4 or 5 slot. Exactly. I And I think you you pretty much nailed it, like talking about how Brunson's offensive game is underrated. I, I wonder if there is legitimately a name bias, like by Vegas on this one. Just like we like everybody knows Donovan Mitchell. He's awesome. He had, I mean, and he obviously had those enormous playoff games in Utah. Um, but I don't think the golf is that big. I don't think it's anywhere near that big. I think if these two teams play in the playoffs, I think it's a it's a coin flip. Like there were times out there, and again, I will say, you know, with the cat now, the Knicks don't have Julius, didn't have Julius Randle, um, so I, I can't, you know, Cavs fans should not cry that uh, Jared Allen and Isaac Okoro were not out there, but there were lineups out there where uh, the Knicks had Brunson, Grimes, Mitch, Obi, and RJ out there. Um, and sometimes like maybe Grimes would be off the floor and Emmanuel quickly would be out, out of there. And they're playing some Cavs lineups that were, uh, like Mitchell, Rubio, Mobley, Lavert, um, and Stevens. And I'm just like, the Knicks have like, the Cavs have the best player on the floor and in, in Mitchell, mm-hmm. but then with Mobley only being 21 years old, um, I feel like the Knicks have the next two or three best players. Maybe that's aggressive. Wait, wait, let me, I'm going to backtrack on that because Mobley is a super stud, but you know, like he's just not a, he's just not as much of a grown man as, as Mitch, (laughs) like, uh, as Mitchell Robinson, like, and they were just pushing the Cavs around out there a little bit. And that was like where we, we really, really missed, uh, Jared Allen. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously, what makes Mobley so special is he could kind of like 
slide from the four to the five and, you know, defend people at the perimeter. Um, but if you just got to stick them at the five, because, you know, Jared Allen's out, mm-hmm. and then you've got your your Rolo minutes coming in <laughs> and uh, seeing what, what, what comes out the other end, um, you know, after that, uh, it, it, it does change what Mobley um, is going to be able to do over the course of an entire game. Exactly. You know, um, you see, you be definitely see the flashes from him. Um, I'm dying to see just kind of like really what he does with this postseason, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we've definitely seen, I think the last guy that really showed out at that age probably was Tatum, you know, where yeah. you're just like, damn, this guy is how old? And he's just like conference finals and hidden baskets and he's just involved in everything, you know. Um, and I think Mobley's not quite there yet, but there's still some time before the playoffs and you're starting to see the flashes. Like, you know, he's putting up, you know, high 20s you know, pretty consistently um, blocking shots, rebounding, doing everything. Definitely misses Jared Allen. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the injuries because at this point in the season, it, it's, it, it really is not, um, there's really no point to even bring up the injuries. Yeah. Like every single team has guys that are out. Even if a team has all their guys, they're playing hurt, you know, whether it's Davis or LeBron, exactly. um, Kawhi on you know trying to avoid back to backs you know cats coming back from injury you know Randall's out now PG's out now so it's like this is just a league you know and I think when you make picks um, which is kind of like why I've been so cool on Phoenix um, because I'm just not I'm not up for you know kind of betting that those guys are going to be able to carry the load um, it's not like they they're in any kind of advantageous seating. You know they're gonna get they're gonna get thrown right into the to the to the real playoffs you know right away, exactly. um, and it's gonna be real sink or swim shit for them. Um, and I'm really not up for kind of betting that they're going to be able to get all of those minutes, get through all of those minutes uh, and all those playoff games because there's no, you know, there's no like Atlanta Hawks you know uh, in the in the playoffs like there have been or all those years where like the bottom team was either a weird OKC team or the grit and grind Grizzlies. And, you know, we had to kind of talk ourselves into this being like an interesting series. No, like these series are going to be like knockdown drag out. So totally agree. It's, it's baked into every single series um, that we're looking at essentially Um, real, real quick. One more thing on Mobley, that game again, the second game um, against Brooklyn, those feisty Brooklyn Nets, um, Evan Mobley had 26 points, 16 rebounds, three assists, four blocks, and a steal. And it's just like watching the game, like, oh boy, that's uh, <laughs> that's intriguing. That could be that's pretty nice. Um, then yeah, I I have some crazy thoughts sometimes where I'm just like, is if this dude is like 90% of KG and he carries himself like Tim Duncan. Uh, Donovan Mitchell then becomes the second best player on the team and we could win the title in like three years. But mm. uh, now it's too early and the plus 1600 with the Knicks at plus 4200, I just do not see a golf that big. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of had it in my notes to see um, what you what, what you would think about the Cavs 16 to 1. But just looking at those two teams, they feel 
yeah, you know, you, you say they feel even, but the Cavs have like, you know, just that much better point differential. But again, you know, injury stuff is going on and um, just like a lack of, uh, you know, institutional um, continuity. You really kind of see that with them too. They really are trying to figure stuff out. Um, it does feel like Mitchell's team, but to your point, you know, if we get a Mobley leap or, you know, if um, they're playing Boston, let's say, and Robert Williams is out and now you need Mobley, um, as opposed to trying to have Garland and Mitchell go at Tatum and Round um, or Derek White or Marcus Smart, you know, maybe that, maybe Mobley is your advantage. Maybe we do see a little bit of a different approach. But even still thinking about, you know, the the odds as they pertain to the conference finalists, um, if I have to pick between those two teams, I'm taking the Knicks plus 4,200, you know, because I think the Randall injury is priced into that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. They're feisty. I like Brunson. You know, all those guys you rattled off, you know, are real guys. Um, the same way we could be looking at Mobley, you know, RJ Barrett's a year older than him. Mm-hmm. He's been in the, in the league a year longer. Um, so it wouldn't be out of the realm to kind of expect him to make a leap. Um, but you know, who knows? That's, that's kind of like we, why they, uh, roll the ball out there and let him play. Yeah, man. I, I think the Knicks, um, you know, and I, and I feel comfortable saying this as, as both a Cavaliers and Knicks fan is, uh, when, when you start to go down to, I mean, Josh Hart is fucking awesome. Yeah. I love that guy. Like uh, the offensive rebounding, um, just the, the the constant defense. His uh, his he's like a willing three point shooter, but he's also like a great connector, like moving the ball around. I will tell you one thing that I wouldn't expect to happen. Like if Jared Allen plays, we're getting our asses kicked by Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, I would expect that not to be such a uh, <laughs> such a mismatch for us. Um, but even Hartenstein is a uh, a physical player, um, you know, and you we needed Jared Allen's intelligence to match Hartenstein's good passing, and, the, and like he was just fucking carving us up inside the paint. Um, but yeah, like if you look at the Knicks' next three or four guys, I think they are pretty clearly better than the Cavs' first four guys off the bench. Yeah, once you get into kind of Stevens and Lavert. Um, yeah, it gets you know uh, <laughs> yeah. the Dean Wade minutes, net the Neto minutes. Mm. It gets a little, little dicey. Um, Agree. All right, so let's let's kind of shift things up to the top of the conference. We talked a little bit about the books. Yeah, um, their odds are just real, real tight. Um, they're plus one twenty five to win the East. Boston's right behind them, plus one sixty five. Um, and my beloved Sixers, who I've Spent much much too much time on this uh, this season. Um, <laughs> or at a cool plus four eighty, you know, to win the East. Um, what's your take on those top three? Because um, I've got a pretty strong opinion on Boston, but I don't know what what are you expecting going into this last week of the season, heading into the playoffs? We're obviously talking conference championship odds. Um, so in terms of going to the finals, what are you thinking? I hate to like sound like to resort to sounding like a simpleton, but I just I keep going back to man, Giannis is the best player. Mm. He's the best player in the league in my view. Um, and you know when he when he turns into 
a battering ram, and he's just just punishing your defense, just getting buckets, getting to the line. I think I say it every podcast. I think he is an underrated passer and a playmaker. Um, I, it's just I, – I'm not super interested that the Celtics whipped their ass by 40 points earlier this week. Um, I think watching that game, um, I think it was like late in the first quarter, Jason Tatum hits one of those like step-back threes that just kind of makes you go, oh, boy, okay. If he's making that, yeah. then, then then it's scary hours. Um, there was one point like in the second quarter where Al Horford made a 30-footer. I'm like, <laughs> okay, like we're doing this. And, like I think the, there was a run where like Al Horford made a 30-footer and then um, uh, I, I think it was Middleton like clanked an open look. And I was like, okay. like I, I never put much stock into – like if a team has like a 25-point lead in the first half and then they end up losing, people will say like, oh, they blew a 25-point lead. Like I, I don't believe in like the quote-unquote blown lead if it's established in the first half. Um, so I still was kind of – I mean they were down 30 in the first half and I was like, you know, it's not super over yet. I mean it's obviously not <laughs> trending great. But um, yeah, they it was just – it was a combination of Milwaukee had some good looks that didn't go in. But to Boston's credit, they forced a lot of super difficult looks. And, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely want to hear what you say about the Celtics because I, I am a, a self, uh, identifying Marcus Smart lover. Mm. Um, and it, when, when the Celtics, I noticed when they started doing it like five years ago, there are possessions where the Celtics are just like, okay, Marcus, you're guarding Giannis on this possession. And it's not a mismatch. It's not that bad of a mismatch. Yeah, I fucking lo- I fucking love that guy. And uh, the fact that they kind of have that in their back pocket is like super intriguing. Yeah, and I think there's there's all that talk too about you know who should be playing in that in that spot. You know whether Derek White should be getting minutes mm-hmm. or Smart. And then obviously Smart's like more like the legacy guy, uh, but White's got the numbers this year. But I heard a very intriguing idea today from um, Kirk Goldsberry. Um, I think he was on Zach Lowe's pod and he was kind of say, I'm saving that podcast for tonight. I'm going to listen to it after this. Okay. No, there's, there's some juicy part. I'm going to, I'm just going to spoil a little part for you. No, please do. Um, but it's just such a great brain, brain teaser that it really is worth thinking about. And he made the case. All right. When you go into the playoffs, I think he was talking about Kawhi versus KD potentially in that first round matchup. He was saying, well, are we betting on the playoff resume or are we betting on the performance this season. And we've talked about that, you know, the Kings are the perfect example. Kings have yeah. a, a really nice resume this year. You know, they're, they're they're not unbelievable. They're not at that, you know, Denver, Milwaukee, Boston level. But they've so outperformed A where they were last year and B their expectations that people are really fired up. But they have no playoff resume to speak of any of those guys. You know, right? Um, Sabonis, Fox, Monk, Keegan Murray, you know, like all, none of those guys have any playoff, you know, uh, experience. And the Warriors are a great example on the other side. All the playoff experience, um, if they were to play Sacramento, they would be the road team. Um, and, you know, I, I would bet that if you went back and looked at, okay, what's a better predictor going into this series? Previous playoff success by our our alpha, our 1A guy 
versus their 1A guy or our stats from this season. Um, and I would absolutely bet that the playoff resume is uh, a better predictor of who's going to win that series. Um, but just the way that you put it really kind of made me think about that because I think like we get so caught up, not we, I don't get caught up in kind of like this year's numbers just because, I don't know, I remember what happened in the playoffs last year. You know, It wasn't that long right. ago. Um, and I'll bet that <laughs> this year's playoffs look a lot like last year's playoffs in terms of like what you can expect from guys. Um, we talked about Brunson, perfect example from last year. You know, yep. when these guys make their leap, you know, Luca, Ja, Booker, guys like that, it's it's always the playoffs that really elevates them to a level. We talked about Tatum earlier as well. Um, and that kind of leads me to um, really looking at these top two teams, Milwaukee and Boston. I think Milwaukee is the pick. The only hesitation I have is, is Middleton. You know, I, I think him coming back from injury, you know, for the entire season, he's still at 31% from three. Um, and he's a career, almost 39% shooter. His numbers this year, 15, four rebounds, five assists, uh, 44% from the field. He's just kind of like um, really not getting anywhere near the level that he was at um, a couple of years back during their playoff run. And and I, I can't help but think about, you know, that whole storyline where they win the championship and I think he gets on the plane to go play in the Olympics or something. And yeah. <laughs> maybe that was <laughs> maybe that wasn't the, you know, the the wisest. But I could see why Booker might want to do it, you know, having lost the finals and, you know, maybe clear your head and, you know, get a little bit of reset. But if I'm Chris Middleton, I'm not sure I'm doing that um at his age. I think he turns thirty two later this year. But mm. he's he's just a little bit scary, you know, in terms of where he's at. Um, I think by this time I would have loved to see like, you know, a nice 38 point, you know, even if it's just one game, you know, one big flash of like, Hey, I'm taking over this game. Um, and you know, I'm going to put this team on my back. That's what he did in the finals. You know, he was the best guy in one or two of those games. Uh, and definitely for stretches, you know, because he honestly, you know, obviously has some of those limitations. And then on the other side, when I think about Boston, um, they do have the pedigree having been to the finals last year. And I just think, you know, to dust off one of our gimmicks from last week, the floor to ceiling, their, their ceiling to me is just the highest. You know, you talked about when Tatum's hitting that step back, um, when those defensive guys are locked in, um, w- when they're locked in defensively, and then on the other end, they're in the middle of a run, a 12-0 run, you know, 15-2 to two run, something like that. It's, you just have no chance. You know, mm-hmm. if they're if they're playing like that, um, and they're very very capable of putting together a run on offense and on defense at the same time, and just kind of smothering what you're doing, um, I really do think you know the finals last year was a huge lost opportunity for them. I think more so they short circuited. Um, it, it seemed like after the first game, just watching, I'm like, I don't see how Boston could lose this series. Um, and things just kind of went sideways from there. But it does feel like they're they do have the highest ceiling. That would kind of give me pause. Even even picking just between those two teams, it's really um it's really tricky. I, I mean, I think you're totally right about like them going on a defensive run, because I, I do love and I feel like it's you know, people talk about it a lot, but so if you have Robert Williams and Marcus Smart on the floor. Um, people look at them like the defensive specialist energy guys, 
you know, Marcus Smart just like rips the ball away from you, which is one of my favorite things. I know Zach Lowe always talks about how Kawhi Leonard like just decides like, okay, now I'll be taking the ball. Thank you very much. I, Marcus Smart doesn't give me that fucking ball. Like he's snatching it from me like very angrily. I just fucking love the way that guy plays. And then Robert Williams, you know, he's uh, just skying to block shots and do all this stuff. And then there are two dudes who are awesome scorers, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Oh, by the way, they're super good at defense too. Yeah. And it's just like, it's all limbs. It's all uh, aggression and length. And you are just completely smothered. And it went, and like exactly what you said, when, when you combine that, and then for some reason you're dealing with those four monsters, but then Al Horford is also just standing in the right place every play. Yeah. And then he's wide open in the corner or straight away at the top of, uh, at the top of the yard to knock down some threes. Um, I think you're totally right about their ceiling. Um, they kicked it away last, uh, last finals. They, they were very clearly the more athletic team. Uh, obviously they're younger with their two, with their two guys, but I think Tatum had a hundred turnovers in the finals. I think, I think it was, li- I think it was literally one zero zero plus of him Jeez. giving the fucking ball. It might, it might've been whole playoffs. hundred is too many in, in the six games. I'm, I'm talking crazy. I think, it, I think it might've, um, but he had a quadruple double territory. <laughs> right. Um, he had a lot of fucking turnovers in the, and, and they were just, uh, I, I think the magic number, I remember Winhurst talked, kept talking about it a lot where it was like, Every time the Celtics had like, I think it was 16 or more turnovers, they lost every single game that they had, that once they would cross that threshold into 16 giveaways. Um, and, yeah, that's how, the, and that's how they gave it away. Yeah, the, the, the turnovers are easy baskets. And when that opposing team has Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, you are finished. Yeah, because you know some of those turnovers are turning into threes, you know, with those guys leaking out on the fast break. So, Absolutely. Um, they definitely short served. They they gave that one away. They left it on the table. Lots of different ways to put it. Um, and yeah, shout out to Al Horford. I I would like to see that guy win a championship. Um, just the kind of player that he's been for. And you forget how long he's been in the league. Um, I think he's yeah. He's got to be one of the I don't know ten oldest players. I think he came in when oh five oh six. Came I mean, in with Joachim Noah. So. <laughs> I was going to say he was on that Florida team that won the Natty like all those yeah. like, years ago. And I will say I will give up. He seems like I, you know, I say it again. It's one of my sayings with the, with athletes is we don't. I don't know any of these people. We don't know any of these people. But he seems like a genuinely like a pretty nice dude. Um, and I will let it go because he used to annoy me. And I used to make fun of him because Tristan Thompson used to just take his fucking lunch money every time we would play him. Whether it was for the Hawks or the Celtics, no matter what team he played for, Tristan Thompson was out there bullying him. Um, but it's fine. I can let that go. We won. We got ours. Uh, so <laughs> Al, if Al gets his, even if it is for the fucking leprechauns, I will be happy for Al Horford and Marcus Smart. And I kind of like to you know, I hate the Celtics as a franchise, but I kind of like Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Smart and Al Horford. So uh, I don't know. I, I will find a silver lining. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I th- you know, I, I had this, you know, I put on my, my Nostradino, you know, prediction <laughs> hat because um, I was thinking about where, where guys might go. And I, th- I know Simmons said that Draymond Green might go to Dallas and people were uh, talking about that. Um, mm. I think that, Jalen Brown, I'm going to predict that we get a finals 
in which Jalen Brown plays against Jason Tatum. Oh, I love that. And I think I, I think just from seeing what they did to each other in the All Star game, kind of going at each other, mm-hmm. um, I don't think Jalen Brown's the kind of guy to, you know, leave necessarily, you know, and and make that much of a a show showy exit. He doesn't strike me as a showy exit kind of guy. Yeah, but um, I could see him being like, you know what, I could do this, you know, and and a situation opening up, you know, I don't know, maybe see him in a Sacramento or something like that. Um, Wow, you know, went to Berkeley. I don't know. You never know, but I think I, I just can kind of see those guys meeting, you know, in a conference finals or a finals, you know, and then us kind of re- really getting to see um, what they would look like. Because in a lot of ways, they're kind of like the perfect player to guard each other. A little bit of like Jordan Pippen vibes when you think about it like that. Yeah, you know, like Pippen might have been the only guy that could have stopped Jordan. Um, so I don't know. That was a fun kind of like a you know, fantasy that I was kicking around. Um, so I'll see if I could bet it. If I find a line for it, follow us on Twitter at Daisy's Spreads. <laughs> I'll put it up uh, and draw a little circle around it. I don't I, think there was any other teams in the East that were kind of worth talking about. Heat for, plus 4,200. You hit your under 45 and a half. We sadly cashed it. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, oh, I was going to say, when you were talking about like playoff players, um, and Goldsberry's uh, idea of, you know, do you use this year's performance or past playoff performance? I motion, I am submitting a motion that we name that the Jimmy Butler principle. Mm. Um, because, I mean, he's the fucking guy. Like, he, it just turns into, he turns into playoff Jimmy. And I feel like he is like the perfect, uh, uh, like, mascot for that if you will not mascot in a demeaning way in any way i love jimmy buckets um but yeah i i agree i would agree with you really no value in the heat gonna be tough sledding to get out of the first round uh with i mean the kyle lowry descent has just completely kneecapped him it feels like yeah that that signing um it was one of those where there was like the flirting went back a few years mm-hmm. and it maybe felt like there was like kind of like a wink wink kind of deal. Like, all right, this is where, you know, Kyle's going to end up next, but he just looks so bad. He does, man. Um, Such a bummer. Yeah. I made it, I made a note to myself that he looks like, um, he looks kind of like a, like a lost G leaguer out there. Oof. Um, he's, he's just kind of like, also try to make up for it when he's got a bad play. He'll kind of come back and try to maybe dish out like a showier pass or do a little something, a little razzle dazzle and (laughs) (laughs) ends up like kneeing the ball out of bounds and, you know, spilling a drink. And then we've got to take two minutes to kind of mop up the area. It's just like a total disaster when he's out there. Yeah. Um, Great career. And would have been great to kind of, you know, see him uh, more, more prime Kyle Lowry, like with this, with this team. But he's really not even playing at the level of like a, a good backup. You know, when you think about the, you know, the good backup point guards in the league, I don't even think he's at the level where he can keep up with those guys at this point. Yeah. So definitely very sad. Um, kind of feels like the end of this run. But you know, to your point, maybe we get playoff Jimmy. Maybe we get a little playoff Bam action, a little playoff Hero, um, and they can put something together. But you know, doesn't look like the seeding is going to break their way. And. Uh, 
yeah, my expectations are pretty low. I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I would pick them even to win um, whatever first round matchup they end up in. Yeah, I, I will say. I mean, what they would play, they would play the Hawks in the play-in. I'm not scared of the Hawks. I have no fear of the Hawks, and I know I know you got Hawks thoughts, um, so we can dive into that. But if the, if if you're giving me playoff Jimmy versus playoff Trey, and you're giving me Spolstra versus Quinn Snyder with only a couple weeks of the Hawks, give me give me Spo and Jimmy in a, in a one game sample. I'm all right with that. Yeah, I mean, if they don't make it out of the play-in, that would be uh, pretty disastrous. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, um, you know, talking about like angling, I, I, I want to say that maybe Milwaukee would be the team that they would most likely uh, be able to beat of those top three. The Celtics, I think, are definitely the worst matchup for the Heat. Um, Sixers, not a great matchup. Embiid's tough. Um, Maxi's tough um, yeah. for them. Um, he gives them problems. I mean, they, they beat the Heat without Embiid, so there you go. Um, and I feel like Milwaukee, they could maybe put up a more of a fight. Um, maybe we get like a flat Chris Milton series. Drew Holiday, um, you know, uh, he could he could kind of like slow Jimmy down a little bit, but you still got Hero running around, and you know he can't really guard everybody out there. Um, and it seems like the team that we might be most likely to take a game or two off of. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm just talking myself out of it. <laughs> into, <laughs> into just uh, these, like, uh, uber-hopeful scenarios. Let's fast forward. So we've got the Heat at plus 4,200. Um, congrats to you. Cashed it in. Saw it from a mile away, under 45 and a half. Barely even had to sweat it. Um, you know, so... Um, Wonderful pick there. I'm glad we were able to cash that one. I appreciate it. And and we've got one more uh, Eastern Conference teams. You kind of teased it. The Hawks plus 9,000. I don't think either of us are going to touch that. No, oh, no, no. You know, Trey is, um, you know, it could be fun to watch what he's cooking. Um, but ultimately, they would need like, <laughs> it feels like seven just absolutely nuclear games from him to be able to win a series. Don't see that happening. But they do have the, uh, I don't know, how would you qualify them? Totally lost, um, inept, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, lo- directionless, direction. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks coming to, coming to town lost Sunday at afternoon. Yeah, bro. I mean, what, what is even going on there? I mean, yeah. yeah. First, version, first version of Apple Maps lost. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, what did Kyrie say? Like, oh, it's it's a bit of a clusterfuck right now. Um, Unbe- unbelievable, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I have – so you, now you had to talk me – like, I'm going to sound like a dope on here. So uh, I think I once referred to Luka Doncic as Slovenian Larry Hughes with a Krispy Kreme addiction. So <laughs> I tend to have a uh, propensity to underrate white hoopers. I, I, I don't run away from this. I don't shy from it. I feel like the general basketball media, they look much more like me than they look like you or, the, or much more like me than they do 80% of the league. And so I am always quick to like 
maybe like ah, maybe pump the brakes on this white guy like what's not like uh, I'm not doing the thing with every white player I, I don't like doing that I think there's something kind of gross about it um, he's obviously a hall of famer like gonna be is obviously he's that guy um, but I think the rest of their roster fucking stinks and I've thought it for a long time like nobody's talking me into Dwight Powell minutes um like I, I just don't think they they have any of the horses around around him to be that good. And I think uh, I, I can't remember which uh, which podcast I heard. I think it was I think it was one of Zach Lowe's last couple ones where it was like they've the Mavericks have run it was like twenty or fewer Luca Kyrie pick and rolls, and I'm just like guys, like I'm an, I'm an idiot. And I remember when Kyrie Irving played with LeBron James. And the most deadly thing we had was LeBron, Kyrie, or Kyrie, LeBron, pick and rolls. Like, that's super hard to defend, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just don't know what they're doing. It's definitely a mess. I mean, Jason Kidd's in firmly in Broad's territory. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> it's kind of what we're looking at. Um, I also heard this too. Did you know that Dwight Powell's been on the Mavs since 2014? That's amazing. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know how old he was. <laughs> He's like one of the most long, longest tenured players in the NBA. Same team, Dwight Powell. I mean, this is this has been. I mean, I'm more of a Luca guy than you are. I think. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, could we get him a Peloton? Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Yeah. And I think um, looking at the job that Cuban's done to to kind of like, it, it feels like every move they've made has moved them backwards, um, weirdly enough. You're totally um, right, man. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, all right, Brunson, oh, you want to play here for $15 million a year? Uh, well, let's wait and see. Let's see what the market, you know, and the market obviously steps up and, you know, he ends up uh, in a much better situation. Um, so they misread the Brunson. They, you know, didn't, you know, Christian Wood as an addition, like they brought this guy in, you know, as if he was like a legit third option, Mm -hmm. you know, like as if he was like in the Darius Garland role in Cleveland, you know, it's like, oh, this is, this is our guy that's going to relieve some of the pressure. (laughs) It's like, what, (laughs) you know, like, you know, uh, total misfire there. Um, the Kyrie trade, you know, trading literally all of your depth for Kyrie. Um, I don't know. That's one where even if Luca's about that trade, I think you might, <laughs> I might just, uh, I might just tell Luca, yeah, yeah, we gave it our best shot, but <laughs> couldn't, couldn't close Kyrie. Dude, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm totally with it. I mean, I think you could even take one step back. I don't think they gave up a ton. I mean, I remember of course, because the media loves to destroy the Knicks, this is going to be me putting on my fucking New Yorker hat again is, um, you could even go one step further back. I mean, the Porzingis trade didn't work either. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, oh, you're a big European white guy? We like those in Dallas. And that didn't work. And fucking him and Luca didn't take long for them to stop liking each other either. Um, and now I will say, when I said the, whole, the rest of the roster stinks, I am excluding my two guys, Tim Hardaway Jr., that's my guy. Um, I don't care that he didn't play for the Knicks that long. And obviously, Frankie Smokes, Frank Nilakina. Um, I feel like uh, Frank could could be 
useful as like a ninth guy on a good team. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Like every move, they're just like, I'm putting this on the credit card. Oh yeah, this will go on the credit card too. <laughs> and now, now you have, you got rid of your best wing defender in uh, Dorian Finney-Smith to acquire Kyrie Irving, who plays very little defense. And you like you made the move where you're guaranteed to have to pay the most, where you acquired a, a star player in the last year of his contract. So on the front end, you give up assets to acquire him, and now you're required to pay him the like the deal he wants or he walks away and i mean like to your point you're you're hustling backwards at that point yeah i you know i was thinking about um it's so funny because we we're just coming off this brooklyn run where you know they went from a <laughs> they went from a like a plucky you know nba destination you know building a culture to yeah let's scrap that and bring in Kate, Kyrie KD and uh, then let's try Harden. All right, Harden didn't work. Let's get him out of here. All right, Kyrie, let's get him out of here. K- KD, or he wants to trade. What are we going to do? And now they've kind of reset, and they've got some interesting young pieces. And they're back. They're back to the plucky underdog. <laughs> yeah, they're back to the plucky underdog. You know, build, rebuilding that culture, just kind of dusting off that old 2019 yearbook. Amazing. Um, and the reason I was thinking about them is I think they're a perfect landing spot for one of these 1A guys. You know, you've already got Bridges, who is great. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the guy can really just play. Um, but, you know, obviously, you're obviously seeing what their ceiling is um, with a guy like that ha- handling that, that much of the load. So let's, let's slide Bridges down one spot, keep everything else the same. You know, Seth Curry, Dinwiddie, you know, Finney Smith, um, Joe Harris, Claxton, all those guys. And let's get like a real 1A in there. You know, the first guy I thought of was Dame. Mm. You know, putting Dame on that team. Now you're like, all right, that this that could be, you know, Bridges makes up for a lot of what Dame's lacking. You know, it's not the same as like having McCollum or Simons next to him where, you know, you don't really have the defensive prowess, you know, uh, <laughs> on the other half of the backcourt. It's very polite way you know, to say so that. Now you, yeah, you you put it with now you put him with Bridges and he covers a lot of that up, right? For sure. Um, also, Luca potentially as a destination. You know, it's in New York. Um, I think I think Brooklyn's going to end up being. Let's put a pin in the twenty twenty four NBA championship odds for our old Brooklyn Nets. Look at you, because um, I kind of feel like we might see somebody look at that situation, <laughs> maybe slide right in there. And be like, this is going to be my spot. Nice and cozy. You know, um, it's competitive. We're in the East, but I'm in the Big Apple. <laughs> you know, got La Bagel right down the street. What's that? A you know, 28 minute walk from the Barclays? Like, let's go. Let's fucking go. I love it. Shake Shack right across the street, man. <laughs> Dude, uh, I love this. I mean, for me, like, as, as both of us, uh, who, I mean, you obviously live there. We work there together. You spent a ton of time working there, too. Like, um, we're back to being Nets hipsters. We, we can watch Nets on Yes. They'll, they, they're not going to win many games, and we'll just be lined up. This is why you and I have been, we're early owners of Jared Allen stock. Is they ever like, oh, yeah. Just, just, 
just flipping on nets on yes on a Thursday, just watching them get cracked by 15 points, but being like, there's something there. I, uh, Kenny Atkinson, he's he's working on something. <laughs> What's that, Sarah Kustak? <laughs> Tell me more about <laughs> the, the chemistry that that's getting cooked up. Um, I wanted to call last if I go I wanted to call e- Ian Eagle Bird as many times <laughs> as possible. I want to hear that. 50 times per game. I love it. <laughs> I love Bird. Uh, yeah, him and uh, RJ, that whole crew is, is just awesome. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a great watch. Um, last little note on the Hawks. Um, they, they've they got the Mavs on Sunday, like we talked about. Mm. We're going to keep an eye on the line um, just because I know Trey gets up for these Luka games. I believe it. You know, I mean, he 100% does. doesn't matter if it's the All-Star game. doesn't matter if it's the middle of February. Um, he always shows up for these. And I think we've got, we've got more than a wounded Mavs team um, and maybe more of an emotionally wounded Luka, you know, in, in terms of, like, the kind of stuff he's been talking about, maybe looking at potentially moving on. It feels like this is the first time that's become, like, a real storyline that could actually happen. Um you just rarely see a guy that that great, but the situation's so bad that I can't imagine. I mean, they'd have to really pull some magic to to really turn it around. No pun intended. Um, but I think Hawks Mavs at Atlanta um, Sunday afternoon. I I'm kind of in that zone where it's like eh, the line's got to be be pretty big for me to consider not taking the Hawks, um, just because I can see Trey capitalizing on a wounded Dallas team. They don't have anybody to stop him, you know? So th- that one is one I'm going to tentatively put on my board. Um, I've got till Sunday, so that'll be more of like a Twitter pick. But um, don't be surprised to see me circle the Hawks on Sunday against the Mavs. Uh, and then I'll, I'll post an update with the actual line. But I'm feeling pretty solid about that one. I like it. And the, you've enabled me to make my second Frank Nilakina reference of the podcast. Uh, Frankie smokes uh, iffy for Saturday, according to uh, NBA.com. So if you wanted somebody to throw a tray, if you wanted a perimeter, uh, a French perimeter defensive specialist, uh, uh, smokes might not be out there. So um, yeah, then at that point, what you're throwing Jaden Hardy and Justin Holiday at Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. Uh, alongside Kyrie, okay, uh, that'll, that'll, and and I am a Hawks skeptic for sure. I'm a Trey Young skeptic. Um, I think, he, like you said, like I think he's fun to watch. Um, I think their ceiling, if he's your best player, I think they've already bumped their head on the ceiling by making the conference finals in kind of that weird season. I don't think, I don't think he's necessarily a, a winning player. He doesn't move off the ball. Everybody says if oh if he would. It's kind of like the the Westbrook principle that Zach Lowe talks about, where it's like, oh well, if he did this and if he did this, he's not going to do it. No one do it. He's 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 yeah. very uh, very much shown. He's not interested in doing some of those things. Um, but with all that said, like you know, he can still score uh, and and throw great passes, and, and he's still an excellent player. I just don't think. He's, I don't think, you know, again, I'm a, more of a Trey Young skeptic than um, a believer, but God, Luca's body language is awful. <laughs> like, I mean, he was so slumped over in that 
post-game interview. Like, I don't mean to laugh because, like, he did say he was going through something personal. And so, like, you know, you never know, like, what that is. But, like, I kind of think the personal thing is I'm mad at Mark Cuban for making a bunch of shitty decisions. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Mark Cuban's decisions personally. That's the personal thing I'm going through. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I could totally see just Luca, you know, rolling up at the team bus on Sunday, you know, just kind of like, I don't know, listening to an audio book and Trey Young's like doing crunches, looking at a Luca poster, like trying to get ready for the game and just be like, I'm going to kill this guy. Uh, and Luca just not even noticing. He's like, oh, oh, I remember this guy. I think I got traded for him at the draft. Uh, Luca's listening to The Cure's greatest hits, just very sullen. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Smith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're going to draw a little circle around the Hawks um, for Sunday at the Mavs. Um, that's, I think, that's, that's our only NBA pick so far, but we've got a couple more. Let's switch over to the Western Conference. I think we pretty thoroughly covered uh, the East. Nothing really juicy enough to kind of like jump on one of those um, finals picks um, at any of those numbers above and beyond what we already have. <clears throat> I don't think you didn't see anything that you that you liked uh, on the Eastern docket, did you? Not at the moment, no. I think you made right. I think you made a great point last week about the East when I when I talked about the Bucks. You're like you might as well just kind of try to make money throughout the playoff series with the Bucks and then get to the finals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I also like to kind of sneak one where uh, when the when the favored team, you know, if the Bucks do lose a game one. You get even kind of better odds, yeah. Um, but that's a risky. Th- that's a risky thing. But pretty much, you can kind of bank on it when, when it's a team like that. You know, one of those like teams. I don't know, a Denver or a Milwaukee or a Boston is going to drop a game one. That's usually a really nice time to jump on board um, of the uh, the series bet there. But let's shift gears. Go to the West. Couple matchups that we both circled. So I'm really excited to get into these. Saturday night, five thirty. Your clips. At uh, uh, they're my Pelicans. I like the Pelicans. I like it. I'm a big Trey, Trey Murphy guy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. What what you what what you see in this one that kind of kind of had you intrigued? Let me just also say, if I if I may, the Pelicans, who I um uh, affectionately refer to as the Pelly Pellies, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they have not one. But two Northeast Ohio uh, natives in Larry Nance Jr. and C.J. McCollum. So I do have a, mm-hmm. a special place in my heart for them. And they're, uh, the guy who does color commentary for them, Antonio Davis, is like the best color commentator in the fucking league. I fucking love – he is awesome. Um, and so they're one of like my favorite broadcasts to watch on League Pass too. Um, and I believe he, he either went to Toledo or Bowling Green. So he has an Ohio connection too if, if anybody cares. Mm-hmm. And I know – Nobody cares about that, but that's fine. Um, at any rate, we're we're an hour twenty three in. People definitely care. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, if you're if you're this far in, you're just like, oh, Ohio roots, cool. Um, uh, so Kawhi played seventeen minutes tonight, almost eighteen minutes against the uh, the Grizz in a loss uh, to Memphis tonight. Um, and the news looks like that he is cleared to play tomorrow. So. If you are interested 
in witnessing a lunar eclipse, Kawhi Leonard is going to play in back-to-back basketball games. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I feel like my love for Kawhi has been stated enough on this program that uh, I do not mean that pejoratively. I just mean that the dude doesn't play back-to-backs, and now he's going to do it. Um, and a loss against the Grizz tonight pro- kind of necessitates that a little bit. I mean, um, they're even – with the Warriors, both 41 and 37, if, uh, if the standings have been updated uh, properly. Um, and so they're going to need to beat the, the old Pelly Pellies um, because even the Lakers are at 38 losses. Uh, same with the Pelicans. And that's only one loss behind where the Clippers are. So we're talking about like in a matter of two or three days, you can have major shifts where you go from the five seed to the damn play-in. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to ball out. I, I feel like playing him only 18 minutes um, was probably part of the strategy. I will say, in those 18 minutes, Kawhi Leonard, a plus 12. Um, un- oh, my God. Unfortunately, uh, my man Norman Powell, uh, old Norm, in his 25 minutes, a robust minus thirty-one. So I will have oh I will have to review the tape, <laughs> see what exactly went wrong there. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously we're recording while that game was going on, um, but yeah, I think it's Clippers' second night of a back-to-back, going from Memphis to New Orleans. Ugh, ugh, seems dicey, but like you said, like we. We might end up have to get playoff Kawhi, and that's that's a whole different beast. Yeah, looks like the line's up already on that one. It's uh, Pelicans minus two and a half. So if you like the Clippy Clips, you can get a basket, um, a basket plus, or if you can go money line plus one twenty four if you like the Clippers. Man, um, I'm kind of into it. The Pelicans. You know, the I, I, to me of all the teams that are in the West, you know, mix. Um, I'm really talking about like four through eleven. Mm-hmm. So Phoenix through Dallas, the Pelicans have the potential to look the worst. That is, in my opinion, that is super like, sharp. Yeah, their floor is like <laughs> real bad. <It> really is. <laughs> it really is. Well. Like, you know, when, when Ingram doesn't have it and McCollum doesn't have it, I think it's McCollum's misses too. Sometimes they're just like so way off. They'll just kind of hit the backboard and go straight down in like a very weird, um, you don't understand the physics of how that looks so bad. <laughs> yes. Um, missing Alvarado, obviously missing Zion. Um, I, you know, I joked about Trey Murphy, but he's kind of like a guy for them. Um, yeah. Offensively. I think he's like a real option. He's probably their third option. Um, he hits big shots. He takes big shots. Um, I think he's definitely one of the bright spots. And long term, I think he's got like a really bright future. But this year, they just kind of feel pretty snake bitten. Um, and this would be a big win for the Clippers if they can win this one. So, um, what's the tip time? Tip time? I believe it's eight forty Eastern. Yeah. So. You know, not too crazy. Not not a huge uh, road trip from Memphis to New Orleans. I kind of like it, but I'm not I'm not all the way there yet. I think I'm a, I might I might sit that one out. 
And you're um, even with the the idea of sitting out, you're leaning Clippers though. Is that did I would lean? Yeah, I would lean Clippers. I definitely would lean Clippers. Hmm. Um, at this point, the back to backs don't really scare me. Yeah. Um, because these guys are balancing things out. Um, and they know it's not like you know, like, it's not like Kawhi wakes up tomorrow morning. He's like, "Hey, well, we got a game tonight." You know, like he knows that there's a back to back coming. And, um, you know, the, the, I mean, from what I've heard, there's there's um, you know strategies and tactics and you know um, actual processes in place to kind of like help these guys manage this. Um, this one probably feels like one they think they can win. So if he's playing, if Kawhi is playing, I, I, I kind of do like how the Clippers have have looked recently and the Pelicans just have the, uh, they definitely don't have that same gear. You know, when they win games, it's because they play really well. It's not because they, they turn it on (laughs) because this is a must win game. Like they're just, they haven't been that kind of team this year. Um, So I would lean clips there. Were you thinking Pelicans? I kind of got a little bit of a Pelicans lean. Um, Mm. I mean, they looked, uh, they obviously looked good against, uh, against Denver the other night. Um, but yeah, that's like, I mean, that you kind of got me second guessing it a little bit because you're totally right though. Like when Brandon Ingram looks good and I am, I have always been um, super like uh, interested in Brandon Ingram because I, I always feel like, oh, like, because when he really gets it going, it's like, oh, this guy's got a little bit of KD in him a little bit. And it's just like, now he, he's never been consistent enough. Um, but when he's got it going, holy shit, it looks awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, well, I mean, watching him beat up on the Nuggets the other night, I was just like, okay, you got him and McCollum. Like you said, you got Trey Murphy out there. Larry Nance gives you like some smart plays. Um, you know, so like, I feel like I might have a little, like Jonas Valanciunas, like speaking of, like we talked about it last week, dudes who like kind of turn it around. Um, like Valanciunas is like so solid. He's just such a fucking monster on the offensive glass. Uh, like I feel like when they look good, they they look super good. And it's just such a tragedy that uh, Zion got hurt again because um, they they look like yeah. fucking world beaters there at the beginning of the season. Huh? Yeah, yeah, t- totally different team. And yeah, I had the I had the Pelicans this week to um to cover uh, against the Nuggets, so that was one of, one of my nice yeah. nice wins of the week. Um, but yeah, I think it's, that one's a little tricky. Let's let's go to the last game on the docket before we hit the recap. Um, Warriors at Nuggets, Sunday, 530. Um, I had some thoughts on this one, mostly about Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, we've been thinking about, like, people talk about, like, you know, 10-dimensional chess that everybody's playing out here trying to win the MVP. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put my little tinfoil 10 dimensional chess hat on um and say you know maybe Jokic is not not really thinking about Giannis face to face or Embiid face to face but I bet he thinks about this Warriors team um and just the fact that they've won championships um have the legacy and I feel like this is the kind of team that he really wants to put it on especially considering how bad they've looked and the Warriors really have nobody to throw at Jokic. You know, I mean, I think I could definitely see him like feasting on Draymond, Looney, 
you know, there's really nothing that they are going to be able to do to kind of slow him down um, if he wants it to be that kind of game. And, you know, he's missed the last, I think, two games um, with, you know, basically like rest, you know, like a non-injury injury. injury. Um, I'm circling this one just because I think if he plays, we're going to see like an epic Jokic game. Couple that with how bad the Warriors have been on the road. Um, I just think he's he might be looking at this game as like one where they can send a message team to team, and then also like Jokic to the broader NBA and the media um, about like who the who the real guy is in the league because it is very invoked to say that Giannis is the best guy, you know. And I think thinking about what he did in the finals year before last, you know, that case could definitely be made. You know, they were dealing with the injuries last year. He play, still played out of his mind. But um, I think what Embiid's done, what Giannis, uh, I'm sorry, what Jokic has done, you know, you can throw Tatum in there. Um, I think that's really it. You know, it's really like those those four guys are on a different level. Anthony Davis, I think, is maybe right outside that, as is kind of mm-hmm. Steph Curry, like when they're both yep. playing. But again, the playoffs is a different beast, you know, and, and I, I really do expect um at least one of those guys probably multiple um to really make a leap you know whether it's like an Embiid Tatum Jokic you know maybe this is his year um and we're getting so close to the playoffs that we're really starting to see and I think that's partly why I had such a good week just because I'm kind of like looking at these teams I'm like all right well one team's got a lot to play for and the other one is the Blazers. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, so I'm like, uh, give me the one that, you know, has actually like NBA players playing in this game. Um, so I've kind of taken a little bit of advantage of that this week. Um, but I think this is kind of like one of those old school. All right. This is like a real, you know, um, you see this a lot in the, in, in boxing where early sparring is really just, they're fighting, you know, um, you know, the plumber just kind of throw some gloves on him and like, let's get him in here. Like let's get some rounds. And then when it gets closer to the actual fight, you know, you're sparring real guys, you know? And I think this kind of has one of the, uh, one of those like real guy sparring kind of feels to it, this game. Um, and I don't know, I think we see something special from Jokic. Um, if he plays and I'm going to be taking a really close look at both the lineups and the line in this game, but, heavy 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 lean towards the nuggets in this one i love it i mean i think you you reference it perfectly i mean i know the warriors have been on a nice little run here lately uh, they've won their last two six and four in their last ten uh they have improved their road record to a robust nine and 29 um so good for you golden state congratulations on um winning oh what's that uh I'm not great at math. A very low percentage of your away games. Um, uh, I will say, I mean, I would hope for Jokic's sake, and I think you're right about like the the top tier, like the top four, uh, Giannis and B, Jokic, Tatum, with I think Curry like being like right, right outside it, maybe just because of his age. Uh, he has so many miles on him. Um, but I would hope for Jokic uh, that he would make a statement because – Golden State juxed him in the playoffs last year. It was it was the classic gentleman mm-hmm. sweep. Golden State wins the first three. You know, uh, uh, the Nuggets win win one to take it to three one, and then the 
the Warriors finish him off in, in five. Um, he wins two, you know, right after Jokic has an MVP season um, to get completely cooked. Now I know he didn't have Jamal Murray, um, but if you are the if you are the two time MVP, back to back MVP in that, you don't want to go out like that. So it's, uh, it's pretty ugly, um, and I'm sure he has not forgotten that. Um, I would. I would say, you know, he also has that kind of added pressure. You know, people wanted to give him that third consecutive MVP. And I know, I think there there's a lot of, like, kind of back and forth on that of, like, oh, who cares about history? Like, he's having the best season. Give it to him. But, like, you know, when you when you walk into, you know, oh, I, I can't remember the three. Is it? It's uh, Larry Bird, uh, Will Chamberlain, and Bill Russell, I think, are the only other three-time uh three in a row, uh, MVPs, um, you gotta, you, you gotta win something. You should win something. Um, you know, they went, he's been, to, he's appeared in one conference finals and I really, really like your theory of he's like got this John Wick list of like, I will destroy this. I will destroy this team's <laughs> will. I'll break, I will break the Warriors and then I will break, you know, whoever the eight seed is. And like, yeah, maybe he, maybe, uh, or, you know, break the Suns, break the Clippers. Like, well, for them, I guess it would be breaking the Clippers again. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I could see it. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll have to see. I, I know Murray has looked better in the last few weeks. That's obviously helpful. I feel like Michael Michael Porter Jr., I just like, is he going to take the leap? Because he's, like, terrifying when he's on. And that would be very, very helpful for Jokic if Michael Porter reached his, his full potential. Yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, this feels like one of those, um, it kind of reminds me of the Mikhail Bridges mm. situation where because of the team that he's on, you know, you're not really sure what's possible there. Um, but within his role, he's so good at that. He makes threes in terms of like spacing, catching. Um, I mean, he can get his shot off on anybody. It's so silky. Um, you know, like that's another guy that they didn't have last year. You mentioned Murray. Um, I want to say that they might not have had Aaron Gordon either. I think, I think the like Monty Morris might have been their their second leading scorer in that series I, last year. I think you might um, be right. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, I kind of blanked that 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 Warrior series out of my mind from last year. He's definitely taking you know taking names, and I think um, I just feel more solid about the uh, this this Nuggets pick this weekend. And I'm definitely not one of the MVP truthers. I think, you know, I, I said it a few weeks back, I didn't think that he'd win the award. Uh, and since then, he's gone on to kind of like outplay both of those guys, you know, um, even with a couple of missed games. So it might just come down to one of those things where, you know, he might end up winning just by default. Um, but either way, um, I'm not just, I'm not, I'm just not the biggest MVP guy anyway. You know, like I, I give me the finals MVP you know, over the regular season MVP, any, you know, I don't care if it's Chauncey Billups or, you know, the Tony Parker year or Iguodala, like to do it in the finals is a whole different beast. You know, it's, it's almost like watching a different sport, looking at a, a plain old regular season game in terms of how it's played versus like a finals game. Um, you know, in terms of the, the pressure and the, how slow it gets, how physical it gets, you know, every possession is like, a real haul, you know, to, to, to kind of like finish it out correctly. Um, 
and you need basically every position to win a title. So um, I put a lot more stock into, you know, what people, what guys do in the playoffs. They, they've got the, that one seed pedigree, you know, they're looking good. The engine's humming. Um, now all they've got to do is like show up in the, in the playoffs and like kind of make it happen. And I do think this, this game against uh, golden state is where we see a little I sneak peek of that. Um, yeah. I liked, I liked the idea of uh, him going in there. Like uh, Dolph Lundgren and Rocky, just ready to. I must break you, Golden State. <laughs> so I will be. I know. I know. I realize he's not Russian, um, but you know, um, the, the 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 concept still stands. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll monitor the line with you. I I was going to mention this while you're on this hot streak. I went ahead and just turned on my uh, notifications for the Tasty Spreads Twitter. Because I'm gonna need uh, some of those winning picks that you're d- dealing out, so I can get out of the hole. So uh, I will be uh, keeping a close eye. Let's go. I I I just nudged my 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 little tip of my nose out of the hole earlier today. I'm back down, slid right back into negative, just with a one in one day. The T Wolves didn't show up today to uh, to defend their home court against the Lakers. That was a bummer, but we got the miracle cover. Our our lowly Detroit Pistons covered against our, the lowly Houston Rockets, um, and we needed a Corey Joseph uh, buzzer beating layup in, in garbage time to let me kind of make it happen. Yes, but oh that was God. exhilarating. Let me say, uh, I mean, I'm on Twitter just quoting Drake. I'm so excited with uh, Corey. What, what's the line from uh, the, the Meek Mill diss song? I got a ring, like I got a ring, and brought it home like Corey Joe. I'm just, I was. He he sprints through the lane (laughs) and gets that layup. And I'm just like, yes, he did it. We did it, guys. (laughs) He did knife through. I mean, that was like a multi-move. It was just like a whoop-whoop. Like he was was at the cup. And then not an easy finish. I mean, I think he kind of had to go a little little quarter turn, you know, behind the shoulder. Um. But true professional took care of business. We covered, um, proving my point that the Rockets shouldn't be favored by more Damn than right. six against anybody. Glad, glad that one uh, that one held up. And yeah, had a good week. I'm I'm feeling real good. I'm glad you uh, subscribe to those notifications. If you're listening out there, feel free to do the same. I'm just basically Damn handing right. out money. Um, so come get a piece. That leads us to this week's recap. Um, jump back over to the pitch real quick. All right. All right. What are you doing? Bare minimum. I'm taking City to win outright, minus 155. Um, I, I might I might just throw in the, right. the, the parlay, but I also heard somebody on a, on a gambling podcast use the term a square parlay, and I was just like, am I the guy out here who's the, the betting square, who's making square parlays? I, maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, so at so City's going to win the game. It's at the end. They're going to be they're going to whip Liverpool's ass. I love and yeah. I might even hop on your minus two uh, alternate spread because I think I think you locked that in early. Uh, as it was a, you locking that in early was a smart move. Yeah. All right. So we got. Um, I really like City City to win minus one fifty five. That one feels. Really nice, and then you don't really have to sweat out who's That's scoring, true. who's not scoring. Um, you know, so um, let's just 
have people check back in on Twitter to figure out where you landed finally with that one. Um, Forest, draw no bet against Wolves. I think we're both taking we're brothers that one. in arms on that one. Go Nottingham Forest. Let's go. Um, and then we're rooting for the draw. Brighton Brentford. Um, let's get these bees lined up perfectly. Plus 300 if they draw. A couple other picks I really like. Hawks at home against the Mavs. That one's a Sunday tip, so let's check back in then to get the new line. Uh, same thing with Warriors and Nuggets on Sunday. I think go with both home teams there. Fully expect Jokic to show out against the Warriors. Did you have anything on the NBA I'm front? closely monitoring Clips Pelicans. I'm going to uh, see who's going to play tomorrow, and I will alert the Tasty Spreads uh, Twitter feed to memorialize it appropriately. Yeah, let's, let's go with the draw there. <laughs> I like it. I was going to say, me and you going the draw on Brighton Brentford, just anti-American. We don't give a shit. We're, we're, we'll root for a tie. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you know you know what's American? The USD. Damn USD right. that hits the account. <laughs> Doesn't get more American than that. Um, all right, so that's been another episode of the Tasty Speds podcast. Grant Angle, appreciate you, man. Best of luck if you want to follow us at Tasty Spreads on Twitter. Subscribe to the pod on Spotify. Be like your boy Grant and sign up for those Twitter notifications. Um, and yeah, with that said, thanks for the free money, luck, buddy. Man. I'll be following your bets. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs>